How to Create a Glitch Monologue Season 31 Chapter 2 This is Season 31 of How to Create a Glitch in the Matrix Monologues Episode 2. In this episode, we will be connecting the concepts of archetypal fitness, with death of conjoined self and the Mandela effect, through the concept of time slips and time gains. It can be said that impulses which are not integrated, manifest outwardly through outs in our behavior, or produce convolution in our behavior, pursuant to their expression or sublimation. Most of the time, we are integrated according to certain archetypal assignments. We are acting pursuant to a role ascribed to us by others, and self-attributed. This means that in that state, we are integrated, in the sense that our impulses are either expressed immediately, or be frustrated with some reactive emotionality. For example, let's say that we are at work and we feel the need for some water, but our break isn't for another 20 minutes. Immediately, this will generate some convolution in our action, pursuant to the expression of that non-consensual impulse. Which is to say that we will feel some immediate reactive frustration, which will manifest in the tension within our body, face, voice. This represents the concentration of our expectation field, according to some release, which will be delayed to our next opportunity for a release. This release, or break, represents an out in our behavior, which finds the redirection of our impulse and reactive emotionality into that time. We can also, during the period of inhibition, sublimate that frustration for a time, by redirecting it into some internal process for the generation of orthogonal thought. This is to say that by removing the personal from the experience. All of this means, that archetypal fitness, archetypal assignments, which reflect self-attribution, restrict our non-consensual impulses into outs in our behavior. Now, this period of inhibition, represents the creation of a dissonant consensuality, as well. For in that dissonant consensuality, we give into that impulse, no matter the ramifications of doing so. The bifurcation of our stream of experience into two through the inhibition of the impulse results in, through parsimony, the accommodation of both streams of experience, as closely as possible, in the time period from inhibition to expression. Now, it is possible that when we, lose time, it is the result of the expression of some heretofore inhibited impulse, which, rather than lengthening the time to the out, shortens that time. So for example, Imagine that in your dissonant consensuality, you go for a drink despite your break not being for another 20 minutes. You then return to your task and complete it, much faster, because of the rejuvenation of having some water. Your boss notices you are done your work and lets you off break early. Now, in the other timeline, you are much slower in completing the task, distracted by being thirsty. You keep working five minutes into your break. These two streams of experience converge and historical parsimony results, such that, the dissonant consensuality where you finish the task earlier results in you gaining five minutes on your break. In other words, you complete your task, and find that it is five minutes earlier than your scheduled break. The task complete, even though you don't remember completing it, and your boss sends you off on break five minutes earlier. Now, in the death of conjoined self through the loss of integration, you exist in the dissonant consensualities of others, as opposed to a conjoined consensuality. This means that your dissonant space, is not a space of expression, but a space of inhibition. 
Others have converged archetypally with themselves in your dissonant space. This means that a part of them recalls you dying and views your present self as somehow wrong or incomplete because you lack the archetypal self attributions of your conjoined self. They will try to resurrect that conjoined self, bring out in your dissonant space the qualities that defined your conjoined self. More importantly, because you now exist in a dissonant space, your memories do not correspond to the memories of those around you. There will be a natural flipping of your memories from one antithetical alternative to another, distinguished by some minor detail, as you progress from present to future. What you recall will always be dissonant from the history your past inhabits. Thus, dissonant consensualities explain many such time slips or time gains. For example, Suppose you go for a walk and you notice some slow walking elderly couple at the start, at point A. And you notice them at the end of the walk, after passing them 15 minutes before, at point B. There is no way that they could have gotten to the destination before you, and yet, there they are. How did this happen? The answer is at some point from point A to point B, you had the impulse to take a detour for some reason which took just enough time for the elderly couple to beat you to point B but you inhibited it. And parsimony attempted to incorporate both streams of experience into one, resulting in you losing time. Perhaps on this walk, you had a friend with you, who you had feelings for. Perhaps you had an impulse to take them into the bushes for a romantic liaison. But you fought off this impulse, which you felt was inappropriate. But in some parallel reality, you acted upon that impulse, and the detour took the same amount of time that the elderly couple needed to make it to point B, before you. Hence, parsimony incorporated that stream into the stream you remember. In other words, dissonant consensualities explain most time slips and gains, glitches of many kinds, due to the action of parsimony in preserving both in the history of the events. That's the end of the podcast for today. If you enjoyed it, please like, comment and subscribe.